0: yo 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 what up what up everybody all right it is uh like five forty on this april saturday the 25th type of shit it's this um it's the weekend man been a long week you know i think a The weeks I don't know since in quarantine I, I've been losing track of time, like I don't realize it's almost fucking May, like Like another week and it'll be May. Like you think about it, like shit, that's month five. And it seems like this quarantine has gone on for like fucking three months since March. March, April yeah, be But the quarantine has only or the stay at home orders hasn't been that long, has it? Time has gone out the window. I have m- no motherfuckers that are sleeping in till like noon and then they get up and then try to go back to bed at 10. You can't. The human body is. And I think across the land, the human body is. You know going through some serious traumatic experience. Hopefully when we come out of this, people will be more animated, be more energetic, be more alive, so to speak, but um, it seemed like this week drove on very long, like, I don't know, like, some godforsaken week, in my eyes, but I wanted to talk about A couple things here. Finally, the NFL draft happened. You know, the Raiders and what I think the Las Vegas Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, how I feel about their draft. Um, But I'll get to that later because I want to really sit down and pull out some key things that I thought, you know, regardless of what the big media says or anybody says clowning on the Raiders. The Raiders did very, sneakily, very well. Um, More so than a lot of teams even begin to understand. More so than even Raider fans don't understand yet. Um, But before I get into that, and before I get into the nuts and bolts of the draft, I want to talk about uh, the miniseries Waco. Uh, on Netflix which is Johnny Guizamo and a couple other Ruth from the Ozarks. It's a couple You know. in my thoughts about the whole situation. You know. If we're going to get into it. I, I give the Waco miniseries. It's a miniseries. series only six episodes long. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. But it touches on a lot of issues. A lot of things. Uh, do I feel like Netflix really embodied what had. Yeah, I do. I actually think it's one of the better takes on the situation. Um, but if you're not familiar with Waco, what happened in Mount Car- Carmel, Waco, Texas, I mean, uh, Colt, led by David Koresh, or the Davidians, as they were called, were all sorts of fucked up. You know, and the government, the ATF, the FBI, you went in there, stormed the place, and eventually ended up killing up like three quarters of their entire, you know, their entire goddamn cult that they had there. Um, but I'm going to start at the end and work my way towards the beginning and then circle around to the middle the end as you know Waco, Texas they say that it wasn't a mass suicide and that the government threw in tear gas which leads to fires and the Davidians just were not coming out you know they're at a standoff with the government the end of it is what it is I mean they killed a lot of children in there and I think the children were, were unarmed you know and most of the women probably were too so they were probably being held up by just a few men they had to have the government had to have known this they bugged the place they did a little bit of intel they knew how many men were in there Versus how many women and children? I don't understand why they didn't deploy somebody on the roof to go in there and, or you know, a little team. But they tear gassed them and ended up burning the place down, burnt it to a crisp, and killing most of the people. How how it all starts is. The ATF is now becoming a player in politics and, you know, American society. It's alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, which I think doesn't make sense these days. It shouldn't really make sense, but they may... I think the government has them on, like, some sort of a back order because I think a lot of firearms that gets sold illegally. You know, I don't know how many busts they make a year that actually net their you know, their worth to be in an organization, to be in an agency. I don't know if there's if they bust anybody with like fucking tanks and helicopters and rocket launchers. Something you would be like, "Wow, that's fucking crazy." Semi-automatics and my and assault rifles, I don't agree with myself as being something that you would need. But nonetheless, they're not out there wrangling up those guns either. So, you know, to me, the ATF and alcohol and tobacco, I mean... That, to me, that don't make any sense either. Like, what, like, they don't make sense too much as an agency. But I can see... The point of them being there, you know, you don't want people just shipping in guns, shipping in, you know, illegal. But that might be on the DEAs, the drug enforcement. You don't want them shipping in tons of illegal moonshine. But I don't really know if that's really a big thing, seeing as alcohol is legal here, which I think legalizing weed curbs the drug, the hard drug agenda that was. Um, but the ATF goes and start you know, they go up into Oregon or wherever the fuck they're at, and they kill off that other guy they skip over his story, but they kind of left out, I'm not sure if Netflix did it on purpose they left out the, the fact that the white nationalist that was brewing in up I think it was upper Oregon was actually part of a, a broader... Um, white nationalist movement That also spurred on Waco, Texas That also spurred on The Oklahoma City bombings It also spurred on Various other um, Factions of it It all, Most of it you can trace back to a book As I've watched Also on Netflix The Oklahoma City bombings uh, Documentary That's about an hour or two hour long And they touch into that And I don't know why Netflix didn't touch into that In the Waco series Maybe perhaps They didn't feel it was necessary But Waco, Texas started arming themselves Up for some sort of an end of day battle And you just can't do that You know And the dude himself David Koresh was A pedophile and just You know Just one of those things man Like did the ATF into the FBI storm their place without probable cause? Probably. But it's not like they're, the Davidians were just there, you know, not being scumbaggish. Uh, that dude was involved in polygamy and, you know, sleeping with girl underage women, all kinds of shit. And, you know... They probably when I watch it I believe they they deny a mass suicide but the goal was they were going to stand their ground and be slaughtered by something and they were all just going to they were all going to die to open up the fifth seal that that's what they were the the fifth seal or the whatever seal he believed that in in of itself is Basically a declaration of mass suicide. Whether you believe it or not. Um, And much like. Jonestown. I mean. The people believed it. I mean they believed it with all their spirit. You know. They were drinking from the Kool-Aid as well. Right there in Waco. You know that to me. Living a cold life. you, You know. It's. On one side it's easy to understand And on the other side it's hard to understand Like you don't I think people see it being like Well that's weird why don't people just leave Or you know Things of the nature And I I can see that Cause you know nobody would tell me What to do you know Especially if they're talking about killing myself I would just be like man fuck you But there's whole societies based off of that You know Like here in America you know, the burning of the flag. Let's take that as an example. It's your it's your right to do it. You can do it if you want to. I personally don't do it because I don't see... I personally don't buy something just to burn it. Like, outside of 4th of July. You know, I don't buy something just to burn it. Maybe firewood, but that's a different thing. But, you know, people... If you... You know, people will, you know... Get up in arms about it, you know. Oh, you know, you're disrespecting the nation, you should be that's treason. And you got to sit back and wonder, you know, don't you have a right to protest your government here in America? Allegedly, you know, isn't that part of your right? But if you take that mentality to like, okay. Jesus is coming. He's coming back. And some people like, man, nah, fuck you. There's no fucking guy coming from somewhere and going to take my children if I don't believe and leave me here and send me to hell. But it's easy to see that mentality if you look at it that way. They say, hey, you know what? Most religions are, in fact, a cult. The definition of a cult, you know. Cults, and they even touch on that in the miniseries about what is a cult. By definition most religions are in fact a cult But most people don't realize That Being religious Pretty much You're throwing away a lot of logic In religion I could talk all day about religion But these people throw These people believed what he was preaching They believed you know what He is some sort of a prophet He is some sort of You know this guy That's Gonna open up the seal. I mean, it's as far fetched as that shit sounds. Like, nah, I know that we can't fucking believe that shit. It's highly believable. It's highly, you know, like, it, to me, it's easy to see it that way. You know, and you gotta relate it, you know, right now, you know, nobody's gonna talk bad against, you know. Beyonce or, or Rihanna and if you do you know you're gonna pay the price you know it's, it's very people's minds are very you know just whimsical like that and to me it's like you know being being in part of a cult it's basically the same thing you know you just you believe what they're preaching and there's no other way about it there's nothing that you can do there's no... You know... There's not. There's... I don't... You know... There's nothing there. There's no... You know... It's just... You know... It's the cult... And that's it. You know... It's what he says... And that's it. I mean... And he trapped... You know... A hundred so of people... And they were... Believing in what he said. So... When it gets down to it, you know the ATF and the FBI raid the place and they they don't clarify who shoots who shoot who shoots first but I wholeheartedly believe that um, not only did the probably our government shoot first but you know Waco was just right there in response to the fact you know shooting back. You know, it's your right to defend yourself, you know. But, you know, they killed... They injured some ATF agents. I think they even killed a few. And... They... uh, The Davidians also... Some got injured and killed as well. And... From what I can tell... The standoff ensues. And... Neither party is right. To me, the the solving of the issue would have been to back down by the police uh, and, got, and gotten, um, you know, stepped away from the situation a little bit and gotten, you yeah, know, actual, like, lawyers or representatives should have gotten involved. You know, and that's still not enough to make them come out or, or do anything that they weren't going to do anyways, but I believe them posting up there... he just... and the Davidians were able to just... hold up... the situation was just escalating... one... jabbing each other back and forth... the Davidians would not come out... they were shooting people trying to sneak things in... they were... running over his cars... all kinds of shit... And the government's at fault too for that... I mean... I don't really see the logic in what they were doing... um... They shouldn't. They probably shouldn't have got even gone there in the first place. They were way the fuck out in the middle of nowhere, you know. And I, and the reason and the kind of thing is mass suicides are kind of not in at the moment per se. Uh, I know there's suicide by cop. There's all kinds of suicides by other means. Mass nothing to mass suicides. I just don't know if. You know, mass suicide. I just don't know if right now, with the way that technology is, you know, the internet, if it's possible to pull off a mass suicide currently. And I also gotta say, if it's you know they they were they to me it was they they did mass suicide. Um, They knew they knew they were gonna die in there. They were they were running out of they were gonna starve in there. They had to have known. To me, the the bigger issue is, you know, the FBI had a good indication of what tear gas does. And they knew that place was going to get burnt down, you know. And I, it's just, it's one of those things, man. It's like, they fucked up royally. And that's a, a really dark stain. Um, it's a dark chapter in American history. You know, one that shouldn't even exist. But also the Davidians too I mean You know They should have forcibly Gotten David Krish Out there themselves The inner workings You know The other guys that were there You know Shouldn't have They shouldn't have You know Taken into the Kool-Aid So to speak But it's a phenomenal miniseries. I mean, those are just some some of my thoughts about it. I, I truly believe that the Davidians were going to kill themselves one way or the other. You know, some of the ranks fled and got out, but not all of them. Uh, the children, you know, the children is a hard thing to understand why they wouldn't hoard the children. But then again, you got one guy convincing everybody that they're going to go to heaven if they do this. And they're going to have the front row seat to God if they stand their ground. You got a lot... You know, you got several people buying into the Kool-Aid... And the next thing you know... The children who have no say... You know... Rest in peace... Just how it is... Same thing with Jonestown... The children didn't know what they were doing... Just... Everybody was into the Kool-Aid... Drinking it... And that was it... Um... Yeah... Mass... Fucking suicide... It's wild as fuck... Yeah... But that's... Like I said, it's a phenomenal watch. I think they do really good. They actually show some of the inner workings. Some of this shit is literally unbelievable in there. You know... David is fucking... And has... Actually has a kid with one of the wives... Who's a wife of somebody else. But he's not allowed to touch her. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fucking mess, man. That It's a fascinating miniseries. Um... If you haven't watched it, go watch it. And then you watch... Watch some of the real-life footage of Waco, Texas. I remember I remember that motherfucker burning. I don't... I didn't know they were at it for 50 fucking days. That's how you know this, this fucking shit wasn't gonna end well. Once it got past a week or two... And they just were not coming out. There were no... There was no... They were gonna run out of food. They were gonna starve themselves in there. Dehydrate or some shit. The children were gonna die anyways. And... I just kind of feel like, you know, that mass suicide that they denied there was a mass suicide. They're on some bullshit. They knew they were going to kill themselves. At least that guy David did, you know, he took one to the head from his most loyal servant. And I mean, he should have been burnt to a crisp. He shouldn't have got off that easy. Um, He just shouldn't have. Anyways, I'm going to jump right in now into this NFL draft. I'm going to talk uh, talk to you guys about that at length once I pull up the information I need because I want to talk to you about the different players and the key needs. Uh, and I, I thought that the fucking first round went extremely well. We addressed probably everything that we fucking needed, I think, in this draft. Alright, hang on a second, guys. I'll be right back. Alright, I am fucking back So, now I've had a couple days I've been actually busy at work, you know, since Saturday Today's Monday now Uh, But that's the beauty of technology, I'm fucking back And it cost me not a lot of time In In actual time, it cost me a lot of actual time But in podcast time, it was no time So, you know So, but now we're switching to gears from talking about Waco, the Netflix adaptation of the story, which, I, again, I want to stress that it is a phenomenal watch. Uh, really, really does show both sides of the coin fairly. Um, you know, and my take on it is it was a, mass, was a planned mass suicide, as I said. And uh, You know, it's just a crazy. You know, Netflix always does that. They have those crazy stories like the Tiger King and, you know, all the mother stories out there. You know, Gabriel Fernandez and so on and so forth. But now we're getting into the one of the few, very few sports things that's out there right now. And that was the draft. And more specifically, the Raiders NFL draft. Now, I'm going to list you the names. You probably already know. But the names are Henry Ruggs. The third wide receiver out of Alabama, Damon Arnett cornerback out of Ohio State, Lynn Bowden Jr., wide receiver out of Kentucky, Brian Edwards, uh, Universal player out of South Carolina, Tanner Muse, Clemson, John Simpson, Clemson, which is a back to back Clemson picks, and I think it's... Amik... Robertson... Cornerback... Out of Louisiana... Louisiana Tech... Now... To me... The Raiders... Hit... They hit it out the park again... Um... You know... I know a lot of people... A lot of people are dumbfounded... By what the Raiders did last year... And again... They're dumbfounded again this year... Which... I don't really get because Josh Jacobs damn near had uh, offensive rookie of the year's type of season. Uh, there was a little fade towards the end of the season, but the team faded as a whole. Um, we have, we've addressed the Amari Cooper situation, and that is that, and the Antonio Brown situation. We got the fastest guy coming out the draft, I think, in Henry Ruggs the third. You know, and that's going to match speed with Tyreek Hill and, you know, the speedsters over there, which, you know, a lot of people don't equate speed for speed. But Tyreek Hill and company and the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they are fast and actually insanely fast, they're going to demand top dollar Sooner or later and they're gonna event. they're gonna get it. They're gonna garner it and they're gonna get it. And you know what? The Kansas City Chiefs won't be the fastest team on the NFL for too much longer. Especially since they're gonna have to shell out to Patrick Mahomes, you know. They're gonna have to break the bank. And I and Kansas City is not an organization that does that, you know. Often they do, but they don't do it. they're not out there like the cowboys they're not out there like you know all the, some of these other franchises the eagles, the saints um, to shell out the big bucks, the falcons they just simply don't do it uh that I think that's partially because they can't afford it uh and partially because. They don't want to tie up their money in the one player and then the rest of the team leave because it's can we're talking Kansas City after all. Uh, but the Raiders addressed that speed situation, you know. They addressed You know a lot of people are saying that we should have gotten Judy or the other uh, wide receiver in the draft That they were probably a better pick But I on the other hand Don't believe that I don't believe that they were the better pick uh, We had Amari Cooper We had similar type of players To what was available in the draft uh, And we just simply We just needed somebody who was fast Antonio Brown is fast And you know You don't want to play there So that kind of set the the tone from last year that he didn't want to play for the Oakland Raiders. Actually he didn't even, probably didn't even want to play football, if we're being honest. Uh, if we're being honest, he didn't want to play for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh traded him to Oakland. He was out with Oakland for a day, didn't want to play there. Got to New England and all the noise that he carried with him carried over to New England and they just they had him for a game and they said goodbye to them. you know what they don't need they don't need that in the locker room they don't need that much drama floating around and you know he didn't do anything to stop it you know so you gotta kinda say he didn't really wanna play football I mean, he wanted to get the money he wanted to get do things his way and you know but it's whatever it happens so we addressed right off the top the playbook that got shrunk probably in half maybe even 40% maybe even 60% with Antonio Brown being there now reopens back up and I believe Henry Ruggs the speed you have to respect you know obviously he's going to track me all by himself You take the top off the defense one time. Everybody else on the underneath are going to, you know, they're going to be open. Josh Shaggis is going to be open. Ranfro, you know, some of the other receivers that we got, you know, they're going to be open. You know, Lynn Bowden will be open. You know, Brian Edwards, these are still new players for me. They're going to be open. Waller will be more open. You know the players are just going to be more open. It's just, that's what we were missing last year. You know, a couple key games that we lost happened to be because the defense just really teed off on Renfro really teed off on stopping Waller and, you know, stopping Jacobs. You know, this is a team sport, as I've said in the past, more so than a lot of, I wanna say that a lot of sports, but it's a true, it's a true team sport, you know, one thing fails, they all fail. And I, I believe now that you know rugs can come in and have an immediate immediate impact on every offensive player that's currently on the Raiders. Just, just in the speed, you know, you got to look at like, I got to look at him kind of like uh, a Deshaun Jackson-esque type of player. But if he gets a, if he gets a step or two on you, he's gone. And if the ball gets there, he's gone. It's a home run, a home run ball. Um, that's what Kansas City did, does, and you know they're good at it. Uh, I got to say, to touch back on the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes didn't have a really good game. Um, the team did around him, yes. He really... I think he threw two interceptions. He damn near lost a fumble, and he should have thrown a third interception. That should have easily have doomed the Kansas City Chiefs. If you watch that tape closely, you'll see all his mistakes and errors. Probably he doesn't do those again. You know, maybe those are a little bit jitters. But he didn't have... To me, he didn't have a great Super Bowl himself, even though I think he even was the NFL MVP. He didn't have... To me, he didn't have a great Super Bowl, and I think he hasn't been on a, a trying team, a team that's not good around him. Uh, so we'll see in a couple years if he's actually as good as advertised, you know, which I don't necessarily believe because he's, he's now had an ankle injury, a hobble him, you know. We'll see. Um, but Derek Carr has been on awful teams, has been injured. And now I think, you know, he might have like a 2016 season again or 2015 season again. He might, he might tee off. I mean, he was. We were. The Raiders were close last year. And I'm not going to sit here and say that. You know, one player is going to get them to the Super Bowl. No, I think it's still it's a process. But I do believe we're building with Jonathan Abram coming back and. You know, Carl Joseph. You know, rounding out and a couple of other players. You know, Max Crosby and I think Damon Arnett. I think I'm hopefully I'm saying that All right, beat. Arnett. Yeah, Damon Damon Arnett, cornerback. And if you watch the tape, you know this year wasn't flashy on the cornerbacks, as they they often alluded to in the draft that there was like a number one and number two guy and they didn't know who number three was. Uh, but I think if you look at it really closely, Damon Arnett, with the experience he has, you know, that's not a learning on the on the job. He played through an injury. Uh, he should have been up in the top two, if not for sure top three. So I'm I'm really okay with what the Raiders got there, and I and I think that defense I, from Khalil Mack we got Max Crosby we've got we've got some dogs back there now um and I think we can get better you know I think as the season waned on you know guys are tired guys couldn't scheme as much but I you know Vontaze Berfic was playing actually for us really well and then he got his season long suspension handed down and I think that was a major loss you know but I think we're we started to see things really happen for the Raiders early in the season, in and, and a little bit in the middle of the season. Towards the end, towards the end of the season, I kind of you know, aside from the politics aside, that is, had the Raiders somehow made the postseason and played a home or even played a playoff game. I mean, to what avail? We're we going to dance at a Super Bowl run, you know, to going away, you know, going away to, from Oakland type of deal? I mean, the city of Oakland did not want... I went to one of the games last year, and the city did, does not want the Raiders there. They had, like, removed every Raider logo. Um, the parking lot is a total... Disaster, um, and the facility in and of itself was so dated. Now I, I'm not even sure how the Oakland A's play there, to be honest. But I mean, what was the, what was the goal? You know, have more, you know, playoff televised things coming out of that. You know not know. You know, the the Warriors done moved, the Raiders moved, the A's are gonna move next. You know, it's just it's just a snowball what's happening and I, and I just think the politics aside Oakland didn't want the raiders no more they don't and, you know the raiders are moving and just you know the the they, they just packed up I mean just things were packed up i think once the wheels once we hit that little rush stretch you know You know, losing to the Jets, and, you know, that wasn't towards the end of the season. But towards the end of the season was just, you know, just to dust your hand. You know, that, you know, just, it was just to pack it up, you know, get out of here, go on, you're done. They were just, they just, I don't want to say the team phoned it in, because I don't believe John Gruden... Phoned anything, and I don't think Derek Carr phoned in anything. I don't think the players phoned in anything. I don't believe that an NFL franchise just stops playing because there's a lot of pride on the line. You know, there's a lot of things on the line when you're in a professional sports. You know, if you, if you give up, you can get it easy. You just get cut, traded, and you'll be out the league real quick. So, you know, I, you gotta keep your profession, you know, you gotta be professional about things, you know, on and off the field. But I do believe, you know, that you know, when the lights were fading of you know, the playoff run and it just I think that was leaning over the players' heads, leaning over the coaches' heads... leaning over the owner's head like, you know, you know what? Vegas is coming. You know what you know what it is. Vegas is coming with this coronavirus. You know, the NFL might get pushed back, but Vegas is still coming. It's still coming. You know, Vegas is going to be the home for the Raiders for a long time. Um, And I think we're trending the right way. I think we got another solid. We got a top three cornerback. We got a top three wide receiver. Those two. And then the first round. You know, thank you, Chicago, for giving it up, you know. Those two things right there, you know, absolutely was an A and an A for the Raiders. You know, they they say it was a reach and they say it was this, or they say it was that. And to me it's like, you know what? The NFL we're not going to be the NFL is not going to be happy with any goddamn pick the Raiders pick. The Raiders, you know, after trading Amari Cooper, you know, and the Antonio Brown situation out working, a lot of people were wondering, you know, what are we going to do for a receiver, you know? And we answered, we got a top three receiver. You know, they're scratching their head, well, how come we didn't pick this other guy with the flashy name? And I think that kind of just goes in the mystique that is the NFL that kind of doesn't dislikes the Raiders. It's like, oh, well, you didn't pick the top analyst, mock receiver. You know, to be honest with you, if that doesn't... is That's not what the team needs or, you know, the team needs something else. I mean, they're going to give you a bad rate and it just so happens that the Raiders pick another top three receiver, just not the one that they wanted a, with the flash to it, you know, the little the flash and the, and the glamour. You know, and then we had addressed... Uh, the defense immediately, a cornerback. So, we need somebody back there that can cover. Um, we've got some hounds in the middle and in up front that we can now, you know, Max Crosby. So, I think we hit it, we hit it out the park. And then we got the Swiss Army knife, which I'm actually looking forward to the most. Uh, Brian Edwards, because. He's quarterback, he's running back, he's wide receiver, he's fucking everything. And you know what? That can go a long way in helping Josh Jacobs. And that can go a long way, you know... Edelman is that for the Patriots. And I think... I don't know why, you know, more teams don't operate with that. Only the Steelers... And the Patriots call those plays where, you know, you know, hey, they put that guy out there. He's more of a receiver, but every once in a blue moon, he'll chuck it deep, you know, and hit a home run ball. I mean, that's, you know, and then he's a running back. I mean, he's got great vision. Uh, it's a, phenom- he's a phenomenal player. I think that's a phenomenal pickup coming out. I don't think there's anybody else in the draft that's like that. I mean, we picked up, the Swiss Army Knife that is undoubtedly going to help open up that playbook. You know, and and I think if the teams can't tee off on their card, Richie Incognito and company and the car insurance, you know, they're just going to be a beast up front. And Josh, that'll just help Josh Jacobs out, chew up yards and control the game and score points. You know what? That's how you win on offense. Do you fancy, like I said, David Arnett has not given up a touchdown, I think, or he's given up one touchdown each of his seasons he was in college. I mean, I mean, that's ridiculous. And then we got Max Crosby still up there. I mean, I think the Raiders are look, looking phenomenal next year. I mean, is a playoff run imminent? I don't know. We might sneak in as a wild card. To me, the beast is still Kansas City. What are we gonna do about the beast? But I think we're the closest. The Chargers went way backwards. They got a guy who I believe will be in and out of the league in a couple of seasons. Josh Herbert or whatever his name is. He'll be in and out of the league. I think in a couple of years, they'll be fishing for another quarterback. the The Chargers are about to turn into the Raiders. About to turn into the Cleveland Browns. uh, Here very soon. Once a few more key pieces of that franchise are done. uh, They're going to have a hard time bouncing back. Uh, I myself am a Raiders fan. I know how hard it is. To find even a smidgen. Of a decent quarterback. I know how hard it is to. You know. To go through the. Go through the go through the motions of drafting a guy number one overall, Jamarcus, you know. To picking up some old hound dog, you know, Carson Palmer. Jason Campbell, some castoffs, you know. I know what it's like, and I think the Chargers are heading for that as we speak, you know. <sighs> to me, the Broncos are a our quarterback away from being relevant I don't know who their quarterback is right now Right now, I think his name is Cook and I think they actually beat us last year in the last second or oh, we missed the last second field goal or they kicked the last second field goal and beat us you know and I'm okay with that but I don't believe that that guy is a long term answer either and I don't, you know they they picked some good receivers uh, but Von Miller is you know a big question mark for them going forward you know, because I do believe Vaughn Miller is going to be leaving. If they don't turn it around in this season or next, Vaughn Miller is gone. So they're going to take, I think they're going to take a huge loss in the defense. And, you know, and I think the Raiders are still addressing the defense and offense. So I think the Raiders will be in good shape going forward. I think I, I got to give them, they hit everything right on, they hit the nail on the head. You know, I got to give it like a, an A+. plus roundabout, you know. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that all these players they draft are going to be Hall of Fairs, but I think they're going to do well with the team. And I do believe that you know, the Raiders will have I do believe the Raiders will have a winning season next year. In front of Vegas, I think the move it's not one of these things where the owners you know, to me, Mark Davis didn't leave Oakland, you know, a la, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, just left Cleveland overnight. They packed up and were gone. Not the case. It wasn't out of, this wasn't done out of greed. Um, You know, like the Rams over, uh, Kroenke or whatever his name is, Stan. Uh, this wasn't done out of greed, like oh, we're gonna go we're gonna move to LA and we're gonna make a billion dollars. No, this wasn't this wasn't a move out of greed. This was a, a move done out of necessity. It was done out of, you know, this move has been long. It had been long. It had been a long time coming. Um, the Raiders needed something new. They needed something done, and they got it done. And it's just. And then we've had a couple of years still there. It's not like we went and boogied out and moved and started playing games in, you know, UNLV. We stayed in Oakland while this thing is getting done. We stayed and we tried and they stayed and, they you know, brought John Gruden in two seasons here in Oakland. You know, brought me and Marshawn Lynch. You know, and we've exasperated every ounce of Raider... Mystique and fandom and everything out of Oakland they've exhausted every droplet of money you know so this is one of those things it's a clean slate in Las Vegas and I think the breath of fresh air like I said there's not going to be a cloud of you know I-, I believe once the Raiders actually play the first preseason game they're the the Oakland faithful that is going to fly to Vegas is going to see the night and day difference. You know, the gorgeous stadium that's being built. And I think the players, you know, are not going to be looked at no more as the little brothers to the San Francisco 49ers that play across the bay, that play some crummy, old, run-down, you know, arena. We're going to be the glitz and glam of Vegas you know, We're the second major, you know, sports league to go there. You know, hockey's there now, but you know, the Raiders are there. The Raiders are the the big players. I think the NBA probably next, baseball probably last. But you know, and all those buildings in the community there, uh, I think it's just a it's just a breath of fresh air you know and this isn't this isn't the raiders don't play the entire season in the summer uh, there'll be some winter games there the temperatures will be just nice warm enough for people to be out in shirts but it will still be winter time where you don't need a sweater so it's a win uh, to me it's a it's a breath of fresh air and some new life new blood in and the mastermind that is John Gruden and i i could tell you right now John Gruden is probably pissed at losing to Andy Reid so many damn times in a row now, you know, the connections between them two go way back. So I think John is ready to really flex some offensive trickery, and I think he wants the players dancing in the middle of, you know, Arrowhead Stadium. You know, this season coming up and and dancing on them. I, I would love for the Raiders to drop a fifty burger on Kansas City. You know, fifty to twenty eight. In Vegas, on them—that's what I I want. The greatest show on turf, but in Vegas, that's what I want. Uh, Fuck a Super Bowl, you know, run this year coming up. But give me a fifty burger on the defending champs. Give me, give me, give me that fucking that colossal victory against you know New England. I think we played them in New England. Uh, Give me that colossal. Give me that resounding ass schlacking that this is owed to them, you know. Some damn near two decades later, get you know it's it's time, it's time. So yeah, that's my thoughts on the drive. I think we addressed everything, and you know, I think we did phenomenal. I don't really know where the negativity is coming from, but you know, teach their own. I got nothing but love for my Raiders organization. I, you know, I get down sometimes. You know, damn, but I don't ever. I don't ever. I'm not one of those guys. I'm not gonna call out a player, and disrespect him. You know, if he's got issues or he doesn't want to be there, you know, Mari Cooper. You know, so be. It. You don't want. You don't have to be there. and nobody putting a gun to your hand, You know, you want to be a cowboy, go on. You you know, Michael Crabtree. You want to be, Raven. You know, you're done with Oakland. So be it. You know, more power to you. But as for me. You know, I like the players that are there, the ones that are trying, the ones that are signed up long term. You know, Derek Carr is still trying. One more, to, I I don't really, I don't want much more than that. Other than maybe a win, you know, a winning season. So that's it, guys. That's it for this episode. I'll get this posted up here shortly, and um, you know, I'm here. I'm finishing up my Hero Academia. I already watched season three. I'm on season four. Should finish that up hopefully in another week or so, and we'll we'll, we'll get into a discussion of that and about everybody's abilities, powers, where I think it's going, and jump into the next anime. Probably after that, maybe Black Clover, or maybe, you know, something. Stay tuned, guys. Stay safe. Stay inside. Late.